Hey dreamers, this is your host Barry Miracle. Welcome to Wake Up Into Your Dream. It's time to wake up out of the nightmares of normality and wake up into God's divinely designed dream for your life. Jump on this podcast today and let's discover God's awesomeness waiting for you. Welcome back everybody to wake up into your dream and I welcome everybody if this is your first time I would strongly suggest that you go back and begin to listen because this is episode number nine which is revelation part seven we're in a series on on the topic of revelation that God is building his ecclesia his church his bride on revelation on revealing And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 that he was building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How? By revealing. And it was taught to us by Jesus to Peter as Jesus called him uh, Peter for the very first time and revealed to us that he was building everything by revelation. So it's more about revelation than it is information. So this, this episode, uh, which is part seven of the series of Revelation, it's called the end game strategy. Yes, God has an end game strategy. Do you know that Isaiah chapter nine, verse seven says that his kingdom, his government, his, and his peace will see no end. I like what um, uh, prophet um, from California Chris Volaton says, he says, I can't see God re-empowering a disempowered enemy. And I'm not going to comment any further than that, but um, maybe we might have to do an episode on eschatology, the study of the end times. But here is a, an, an episode talking about the end game strategy that the Lord has. The revelation of who you have become as the upgrades And more importantly, whose you are is God's end game grand finale. God said, I will show forth my greatness by my redemption and through my upgrades. I want to tell you that if you've accepted the blood of Jesus Christ, giving accessibility to the Holy Spirit to come into your life and you became one with the spirit of the living God, you became born again, you became many uh, uh, one of the many brethren of the firstborn, you are recreated in Christ Jesus, you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you, uh, if that happened, you indeed have become the upgrade. You were upgraded from the second most powerful person in the universe And now you have been upgraded because of the new covenant as a co-heir with Christ Jesus. (laughs) You become one with the spirit of the living God. You become one with the creator of the universe. So again, once again, I want to tell you what we're trying to do here is build line upon line, precept upon precept, week by week, a capacity, an environment, and a framework so that we can create accessibility to lay hold of the resources that he has already prepared for us all. It happens by the transformation of the mind. You need to have a revelation of whose you are and who you are and to whom you're called. I'm hoping that this coming 
next week I will be able to finally I've been I've been throwing it out. I've been teasing you all for for weeks now about getting to one of the uh, I think pro, profound topics in this season of true identity not not just identity but true identity and the and the the foundation of it all and where it begins and how do you and and how that true identity is really meant to be something that is very secure and a solid place from which to launch so anyway let's do a quick quick um recap of episode number eight which is part seven of our series called uh more than a conqueror um Actually, so the the episode that we're coming up to is is uh, episode eight, not seven. So we're on. Oops, let me say that again. We are about to uh, present. I am about to present number episode number nine, which would be actually part seven, right? Anyway, um, so quick recap. Revelation, part seven, more than a conqueror. That was last week. Okay, I talked about the process of beginning to become more than a conqueror. And how do you do that? By believing. Believing in what? Believing in everything that God has done for us. And I talked about the Abrahamic covenant and how that God put Abraham to sleep before God walked through the trough of blood and, and, and made the covenant for us. He says, I will, I will swear the covenant by myself. I will be the keeper of the Abrahamic covenant. I will be the keeper of this covenant. And, and then he woke up at Abraham and said, now your job is to believe. And this is the foundation of the covenant of Jesus Christ and the new covenant, the much more excellent covenant. The Abrahamic covenant itself was still just a foreshadow of what would come. And then I gave an analogy of what more than a conqueror is. And I used the prize fighter. And the prize fighter would fight. And I'll just give you a little synopsis. A prize fighter would, would train for six to eight weeks. He would give up everything from food to sex to everything to prepare himself and be the specimen and come into that ring and win the prize that he is fighting for, which is millions of dollars. And then I said, the one that is, he's the conquering king. He's the conqueror. He's the one that conquered this, this other bad man, this bad dude that was fighting him. And and he, so he becomes the conqueror of that sport and he becomes the heavyweight champion of the world or whatever you're fighting for. But then the more than a conqueror is the 98 pound beautiful wife that walks into the ring, takes the million dollar check and goes and spends it. <laughs> that's what more than a conqueror is. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He defeated everything and he, he defeated everyone and every principality and power of darkness. And then he wrote a blank check with his own blood. And he says, go, go spend it. His, his grace is amazing. So when you were being recreated, once again, I'm talking about last week's being more than a conqueror. When you're being recreated and reborn in Christ Jesus, you are actually being reformed into something even better. The definition to reform something or someone means, and this is the definition of it, it means to make changes in order to improve it. So when you are reformed in Christ Jesus, you are actually being upgraded. And that's why I'm calling you more than a conqueror and the upgrades. 
So I want to read this scripture. It's a little bit long, and it has to do with a recap, but it's going to set up everything. And just, I mean, it's phenomenal. This scripture found in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. And I'm going to try to read it without making too much conjecture because it's just flipping amazing. When Adam sinned, Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 21. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected by the sin. Sin entered human experience and death was the result. And so death followed this sin. Casting his shadow over all of humanity, because all have sinned. Sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law, but it was not charged against them where, there, where no law existed. Yet death reigned as king from Adam to Moses, even though they, didn't, they hadn't broken a command the way Adam had. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah who was to come. Now, there is no comparison, hear what I'm saying, there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience, for the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. Mm. Hallelujah. It's true that many died because of one man's transgression, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many because of what one man, Jesus the Messiah, did for us. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. Come on. For because of one transgression, we were all facing death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But the, this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, not guilty. I decree and declare over you, because of the blood and body sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that you have received a verdict, acquitted, and the words over your life is not guilty. It's welcome to the unfair gospel of the unfair God. You did not get what you deserved. You got beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for a spirit of despair. You got heaven instead of hell. You got eternal security instead of death and damnation. This is amazing. Okay, let me keep going. Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom from, uh, through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah? Woo! In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of, of Jesus, Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to the victorious life now available to all. This victorious life is now available to all. You, I'm talking to you all. And this victorious life 
is now available to us all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. So then the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. This is what the law's job was. And yet, whenever sin increased, there was much more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin-conquering grace will reign as king through the righteousness imparting eternal life through Jesus, our Lord and Messiah. My God, that's so good, eh? So that's all I'm going to recap for last week. Um, so I, I want to move on, but, you know, like I've been asking, you know, download these, share them, uh, go on make a comment, you know, pop up five stars there. If you have time, go to Barry, www.barrymiracle.ca. You can see the different things that we have to offer there. I have my book called Wake Up Into Your Dream. Uh, I just got my shipment in of 3,000 more books. We sold a couple thousand already, and now it's a bestseller, and it's been helping people, so you can order a book from there. Um, if you do, if you like prefer e-readers, you can go on to Amazon or iTunes, and you can get an e-reader. Anyway, um, you can get an e-book of Wake Up Into Your Dream. So here we are. Uh, bless you guys. I hope you're enjoying this. And I hope that you're coming alive and you're awakening to God's dream for you and that you are encouraged. I deal in hopium, guys. I, I'm a hopium dealer. I'm just breathing and blowing all this hope your way. And all you have to do is inhale it. I can lead you to the mound of, of hope, but I can't make you smell it. You got to inhale. <laughs> so here we go. Episode number nine, the end game strategy. The Lord actually shared with us with me several years ago. He says that in the end time, the enemy will be thrown into confusion because every time he would attack Christians, that's me and you, he would lose ground and the Christians would get stronger. And you're saying, what? This is God's end time grand finale end game plan? Yes, that's what I'm saying. How? Well, here, first of all, it starts off with uh, us as his kingdom agents. You need to begin to discover and get a revelation of whose you are and which is, has to do with identity. And I'm going to be hitting that next week. But you need to understand who you are. As we actually begin to believe who we have become and we actually begin to believe the promises that are yes and amen to them that believe, when we begin to get the revelation that we can actually stand on the word of God and believe the word of God, every time the enemy attacks, we get stronger and take more territory. This is a revelation that you need to get. Now, how, do, how in the world does that happen? Well, that's my job today is to bring that forth to you. And I want to let you know that this is God's end time, end game strategy for victory, for his dream to come to pass and your dream to be lived out. So at your rebirth, everything changed and you were upgraded. 
at your rebirth, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. At your rebirth, you have become brand a brand new creation. All the all your past, everything, all the old things, all the frailties of your flesh and the failures of your past have been washed away. And behold, you have become brand spanking new. So not only is God's end time plan to show his greatness through his redemption and his upgrades, but also that it doesn't matter what the enemy does, he will never win. We never lose. As born-again believers, we never lose. We either win or we learn. This is very, very important for you to understand. We have eternally won. So in the, in the process of us winning, we're actually learning, not losing. And this is a paradigm shift that you need to have in your mentality. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, is the account of Jesus getting baptized in the River Jordan. And then in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes into the wilderness where he is led around in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. But he just came out of the river Jordan in, in Matthew chapter 3, where he is baptized, not only in the water, but the Holy Spirit comes down as a dove and he begins to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and receives the power that he laid aside, that he took back up before he walked into the wilderness where he was led by the Holy Spirit. What we must understand is that Jesus went into the wilderness full of the Spirit, and when he came out, specifically because of the trials, the tribulations, and the temptations, when he came out of the, of the trials, of the tri- tribulation, the temptation, and the wilderness, he came out filled with power. He went in full of the Spirit, but he came out filled with power. I want you to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on your worst day. I want to let you know that you are full of God. If you've accepted the blood of Jesus Christ, if you've accepted everything that he did for you and the payment for your life, and you had Holy Spirit come on the inside of you, you need to know that you are full of God on your worst day. When you wake up in the morning and you don't feel very Christian-like, you're in a misery. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you just sinned. Hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. Because your righteousness on your own was called filthy rags. And I don't even want to get into the definition of that because it's pretty graphic what the filthy rags were. He says, but you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You did not make yourself righteous, so you can't make, by by the works of, of your flesh, so you cannot make yourself unrighteous by the works of your flesh. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on your worst day, and on your worst day, you are full of God. You fight from righteousness, not for righteousness. You fight from victory, not for victory. You're not trying to be so righteous that you can become holy. No, 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 no. You start with being righteous because you are made righteous by God through the blood and body sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This is what you are. 
This is not what you're becoming. That's what you're becoming in your mind, your will, and your emotion. But you are a spirit. You're not just a soul. You're not just a CPU uh, um, of your body, the central processing unit. You're not just your education. You're not just your culture. You're not just your experiences. You're not the sum total of the things you've gone through. You're not the sum total of your def- de- deficits. De- this is not who you are. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So important to understand this and fight from this position of seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, and of darkness, and far above all the circumstantial evidence in the temporary realm. You are seated with God in Christ Jesus on the throne as a co-heir. Hallelujah. Jesus went in full of the Spirit, and what problems produce is power. What problems produce in your life, when you stand and in all things stand and understand that there is a greater grace waiting to come out of you specifically because of the evil of the day, that you can tap into it and have it flowing out of your life. Do you know that the same river that flows underneath the throne of God flows on the inside of you as a believer? Not a different river, the same river? And wherever that river flows, life is birthed. Hallelujah. Anyway, the dark night of the soul or even darkness is nothing but a backdrop so God can show forth his glory through you. He calls you salt and light. He doesn't call you a reflection. He calls you a light in this world. You are the light of God in this world the way Jesus was the light. 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. Ladies and gentlemen, never, ever fear darkness. It's nothing more than a platform to be launched from. Darkness is nothing more than a backdrop to show forth brilliance. So I tell people all the time, if you are are salt and light, which God called you, as a born-again believer, if you are salt and light, that makes you tasty and brilliant. What do people taste? And what do people think of you when you leave their presence? Were were you seasoning? Did you bring a season? Did you bring a, a better taste to the situation? Did you bring a better light? This is who you are. You've been placed in the midst of all the chaos. You're wondering why you're in this marriage. Sorry, uh, my marriage is great. <laughs> but you're wondering why you might be in this marriage. Maybe it's maybe difficult. You might say, why am I in this family? Why, why, am I in, why am I in this province or this state? Or why am I in this country? Why am I in this workplace? Because God puts you there on purpose because he knows what you're capable of, because he knows what he put on the inside of you, and he knows what he put all around you that you can tap into. You are placed in chaos to grow up bigger than the chaos and bring forth order, and order is preceded by God's glory. This is who you are. You're an agent of light sent into darkness so that you could be an answer and a solution to your spheres of influence. Romans chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, but the law, this is the Amplified Translation, um, but the law came to increase and expand the awareness of the trespass by defining and unmasking sins, the job of the law. 
But where sin increased or sin abound, God's remarkable gracious gift of grace, his unmerited favor has surpassed it and increased all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, so also grace would reign through righteousness, which brings eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I'm going to read it in the New King James Version. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Where there's more sin, there's much more grace. 2 Corinthians 9 says, And God is able to make all his grace abound to me, so that in all things, at all times, having all that I need, I will abound to every good work and charitable donation. I'm telling you, every time the enemy comes in, every time the enemy comes against you, every time the opposition, there is a greater grace waiting to be called upon. There's a greater grace to come out of your life. Why am I telling you this? Because you need to have this revelation of whose you are and what you have. And you have a greater grace to more than take out any addiction or pain or or any problem or trauma or overcome any divorce or depression. The greater one lives on the inside of you and he's desperately wanting to come into your mind and flow through your mouth and come into this realm as a fountain of living water. Proverbs 6.31, but he's, but if he's caught, he still has to pay back what he stole sevenfold. His punishment and his fine will cost him greatly. Why am I sharing with that, that with you? Because this is part of God's end game, his end game plan, his end game strategy. Let, let me just... Uh, build a little bit more of this. Exodus chapter 22 says, when the thief steals one ox, he must return five oxen. A thief, if, if, if a thief steals sheep, he must return one. If, he, if, he, if a, a thief steals one sheep, he must return four sheep. So here's the precedent that is set. When a thief is found, you can charge him an exorbitant amount from four to seven times. John 10, 10 says, the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said that he came to, to bring life and give life, and life much more abundantly. There are approximately three different ways of reaping harvest here on the earth. And the first one is seed time and harvest. So whatever, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The second one is out of obedience, you can actually reap where someone has not even sown. Many people have gone on to heaven and, and they did not harvest what was available to them while they were here. You can actually step into a harvest that another man sown as you walk in obedience to God. And here's the third way of economics in the kingdom of God here on the earth. Finally, uh, number three, I call it warfare harvest. Warfare harvest is when you receive harvest in direct response to the enemy's theft. I want to suggest something to you, that every time you see anything being stolen, begin to charge the original thief, the enemy. Begin to charge him seven times what he has stolen from you. 
The enemy only has one way to expand his economy, and that is through stealing. He cannot reproduce like we can. He, he does not have seed time and harvest. He can only steal and pervert. He cannot create like we do. All those been stripped of him, all he can do is steal and pervert, twist. That's all he can do. So every time you see the enemy stealing anything from your life, you can actually charge him seven times. This actually weakens his position and begins to limit his resources. When you get this revelation, you will actually get too expensive for him to attack you. Did you hear that? When you get the revelation that you can charge him, you will get too expensive for the attack because every time the enemy would come against you, he would be weakening his position. He, he, would, he would be lessening because you begin to charge back. And how, what happens? When you, be, when you begin to decree that the enemy stole, like say, you know, $10,000 from you, uh, somehow, and, and he used an individual to do it. Well, I, my my warfare is not against flesh and blood, so I'm not coming against that guy. You know, I might have to, you know, charge him and, and, and or get the police after him. I don't, I don't know how that, but in spiritually speaking, you can begin to charge the enemy uh, of your soul, the enemy that, the original enemy, the original thief, the father of lies, you can charge him sevenfold and you can say, Father God, send your angels, send the warfare angels, send the harvest angels into the enemy's camp and bring me back $70,000 plus my $10,000. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Are you getting the concept? You, you will get too expensive for any attack. So Deuteronomy chapter 28 says also, he says, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. So there's that whole seven times um, uh, coming out in another scripture that the enemy is going to have to flee when, as he's being, you need to know that he's being defeated before your face, but, but as he's being be defeated before your face, there's a greater grace that is coming upon you as you stand and decree and declare the word of God. He will begin to flee in other areas of your life. If he's attacking your finances, he will have to flee from your family, he have to flee from um, um, social injustice, you have to flee from your, your health, you have to flee from different areas uh, of that he has been attacking his will, he will be weakened. So I want to just expand this thought just a, a little bit more. Let's go into a couple other scriptures. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 11. He says, and do better for you than at your beginnings, then you shall know that I am God. Don't ever be satisfied with taking your lumps and just saying, oh, well, Bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And then and you just take your, your lumps and then you, you get up, you dust yourself off. No, you need to get up and you need to dust yourself off. And, but you need to also make your claim. You need to stand and in all things stand. And you need to claim back sevenfold what the enemy has stolen from you. And understand that he want, God is going to do better for you than at your beginning. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. 
Isaiah 61, 7 says, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. In Job chapter 42, verses 10 through 17. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. The Bible goes down to say that now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginnings. God is always looking to restore and to reform is to bring much more, but even upgrade it. Your problem and your pain is providing for you a payday. Ah, Isaiah chapter 54, one says, Sing, O barren, you who have not borne, break forth in singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. What does that mean? It, it means if you can find the audacity to sing in the midst of your pit, in the midst of your valley of the shadow of death, in the midst of the situation, in the circumstance of negative proportion, if you can find the audacity to begin to sing God's praises and cry aloud right in the midst of your problem, you will be like one who was barren. You, you will be like one that was barren, but now has become more fertile than a married woman, says the Lord. You will have... Uh, you have not labored with child. The, if you begin to praise God in the midst of your hmm, desolate situation, I want to tell you, you'll begin to be more fertile. You'll begin to produce more than the natural process. That's what it's saying. Sing, O barren. You're about to produce more because of everything that the enemy has been doing. Do you, are you getting what I'm saying? Every time the enemy comes against you, like Paul and Silas that were locked up in the penitentiary, locked down, they were beaten, they were, they were, they were bleeding, and their, their, their backs were, were full of sores, and they were, they, were, they were shackled to their circumstance. And what did they do? They reached down and began to praise God because they had a relationship. It wasn't just a religious uh, uh, you know, thing to do. It was because they knew their God and they knew something would shift and change as they praised their God and he would be manifested on the power of their praise and they began to praise him and it began to shift the environment they began to shift the atmosphere the the, the shackles came off the enemy can't steal your sound so the enemy can't keep you shackled he, the enemy can't keep you in a situation if you release your sound greater is he that is in you that wants to come out of you as you praise him. And, 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 and he will begin to come against everything that is coming against you. And you will always be platformed and propelled into a better place if at these times where it seems impossible that we just continue to praise him. Isaiah 59, 19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Whenever the enemy comes in illegally, 
with a flood, a flood of accusation, a flood of fear, a flood of sickness, or whatever the flood may be, it can't take us out. Why? Because God will put the enemy to flight. God himself will come in like a rushing river, which the very breath of God, the Ruach HaKadosh, drives out the enemy, that the very same river driven by the breath of God will take us up over and into a greater and more victorious day. The very illegal flood designed by the enemy to take us out has actually opened up legal access for God to come in and more than make up for the evil of the day. In Psalms chapter 29, verse 10, it says, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood and the Lord sits as king forevermore. Acts 14, 22, we must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom. We can enter into the kingdom every time we enter into the kingdom through tribulation. Every time that tribulation comes, there's a greater level of the kingdom that will legally come as we call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been placed in the midst of chaos to grow, grow up bigger then every circumstance, situation, sickness, disease, problem, pain, hereditary curse, bear, lion, mountain, giant, in order to bring forth glory. We are to bring order in those situations. He's placed us there on purpose. He knows what he put on the inside of you, and he's not intimidated, intimidated by the evil of the day. We need to know this, that every problem and every pain is actually producing a payday, knowing that every trial has a turning point, knowing this, that every cross has a crown, that the enemy has been stripped of all his authority. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of all of their authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been set free in every way from anyone's control. Whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. You have been set free for freedom's sake. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. We cannot and must not fear darkness or the dark night of the soul. You have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the son of his love. You have been translated from the totalitarian dictatorship of an evil king into the kingdom of life. You are no longer subjected to the rules, regulations, and or the authorities of a defeated enemy. His noise is no concern of yours. You are underneath the conquering king. You are underneath the new conquering king and his kingdom that consists of righteousness, peace, and joy, grace, and truth, where faith, hope, and love remain and prevail. This is who you are. This is God's end game strategy. God wants to use you as his upgrades, and he wants to show this world that his redemption and that redemption is greater than perfection. And we were created in perfection, but we got upgraded in the new covenant into co-heirs with Christ Jesus. It's time for you to invade the darkness and not bow to it. It's time for to pull the sword of the spirit and begin to declare the word of God. It's time to take over. It's not time to take sides. It's not time to take off. It's time to take over and begin to invade the very promised land for your children 
and your legacy. Once again, Barry Miracle, uh, I hope this has encouraged you because God is not going out of this in a whimper. He's not going out of this defeated. You're not going out of your situation defeated. You're not gonna, you're, you're not gonna give in, give up and sit down and shut up. You're gonna rise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Though there be darkness on the earth and deep darkness on the people, his glory is about to come out of you and begin to shift everything. Do not be silent in this season, but call forth the, the word and the promises of God and let and watch as everything begins to change right in front of you. Stand and all things stand, and you shall see the deliverance of the Lord in the land of the living. Until next week, this is Barry Miracle signing off for Wake Up Into Your Dream. God bless y'all. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining us today on Wake Up Into Your Dream. My great friend Tony Fitzgerald would say, you have two great days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discovered why. In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true, that you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca. You can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future. And uh, you can just connect with us there. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.